Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Dinner Table with Joe Sheehan. Uh, again, I'm Joe Sheehan, your wonderful host. Uh, at least I think I'm wonderful, and my kids do too. Ha ha ha. Anyways, um, so we are gathered around the dinner table today, um, and we are going to be discussing some of the things that have been going on in our community and in the world. Uh, some very sad and troubling things have occurred over the last several days, uh, and so we want to be able to discuss those things and be able to apply first principles and be able to apply biblical and Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview to it. Uh, the very first thing that I wanted to be able to talk about today is the New York passage of the Reproduction Health Act. Uh, as we all know, uh, this was an act by the New York State Legislature to legalize abortion all the way up to the 24th week and all the way up to the ninth month in certain types of cases. When we look at the issue of abortion, this is a hugely hot button, I guess is the word we could use. It's a hugely controversial issue. Uh, this issue divides America right down the middle. Uh, if you look at all of the polling data that's out there, you see that it's right down the middle. I mean, uh, women are 50, almost 50-50. Uh, men, not so much, but women definitely are 50-50, pro-life, pro-choice. Um, and again, we can talk about the terms pro-life, pro-choice, uh, what's really the truth, uh, is it really a choice, uh, is having a child really a choice, um, is, it, is it a consequence, how do we handle children who are born out of the wedlock, uh, when we look at statistics, we're seeing that less and less children are born out of wedlock, which is great, but how many of those children that aren't born out of wedlock are being aborted? Uh, back in 2010, there was a... A poll that was released that showed that 75% of African-American babies in New York City were were being aborted. That's, uh, sorry about that, guys. That 75% of African-American babies were being aborted. Uh, it, it reached a point where uh, even uh, Catholic Cardinal uh, Timothy Dolan, or Timothy yeah, Dolan of New York City, begged the people of New York City, don't abort your children, give them to me. Give them to me. I will take them. And I, I think that was a heroic stance. Uh, Cardinal Dolan's position on life is unimpeachable. Uh, he has participated in the March for Life for um, many, many years since its inception. Uh, Dolan is a huge hero uh, in the pro-life community. So again, when we're looking at abortion, we have to look at it through many different lenses. Uh, we can't just attack abortion. We can't just go after abortion because, again, um, young ladies must feel very desperate to convince themselves that the child that they're carrying is just a clump of cells, that uh, it's not really a child, that it's not really a baby. Um, it's got to be very hard uh, for a woman in, in that situation to make that decision, we have to be sim we have to be sympathetic uh, to women, especially in this day and age where so much pressure is is put on women. Um, you know they talk about 
the 1950s, 1960s, you know, 19, pre-women's uh, liberation, about how um, that was a hard time for women. I think women have it harder today. I really do. Um, and and I'm not I'm not wanting to take women back to the 1950s or whatever. I'm not wanting to take women back to uh, a day of servitude. Um, I'm not. But women, the expectations for women today are incredible. Not only do women have to be um, a woman and everything that that entails, but many times women have to be men too. Uh, women have to do things that used to be a man's a man's position, a man's job, especially when you take into consideration the number of children born out of wedlock. When you take into consideration the number of children that are are with uh, women who are divorced, single mothers that are out there, um, a single mom. I was raised by a single mom, so I am incredibly sympathetic uh, to the cause of single mothers. My mom is amazing. Uh, I can't wait until I can do this show with her. I can't wait to bring her on and let you guys meet her. Uh, she is incredible. Uh, there is nothing bad I can say about my mother. Uh, she is intelligent. She is beautiful. She is talented. She is artistic. She is wise. Um, there is nothing that I, and, and, and it's true for all the women in my life. Um, I recognize the power of women. Um, I have three daughters. I hope to raise them as beautiful, wonderful, intelligent as my mother. I, I, I see her as an, as a hero and my children are growing up to be wonderful women of God. That being said, it's important to divorce, um, the cause of women when we look at the cause of the unborn. Um, yes, it's hard to do that because it requires women to carry the child to term. Women have to sacrifice nine months of their lives uh, to do that. Uh, it's not comfortable. It's incredibly uncomfortable. It's incredibly um, hard on a woman's body to carry a child. Um, it's incredibly difficult. Uh, to go through the morning sickness and feeling like you have the flu for three months and then all of the physical changes that a woman has to go through, the pain that goes through their back, the pain that um, their hip, when their hips expand, all of those things. And then combine that and multiply it by infinity and you have the pain of childbirth. Uh, actually giving birth to the child whether it is naturally or it is through cesarean section, both of which are incredibly painful. Um, and so again, these are all issues facing women who have to make that quote unquote choice of whether or not to have the child. Now we can, we can go into whether or not children are a blessing, whether or not children our curse, whether or not they're a drain on our finances, all that kind of stuff. And they're all of those things. But also, too, we have to look at the issue of do, you know, we condemn women for getting pregnant in the first place. Remember, it takes two to tango. You know, it, it takes two to make that happen. Uh, women aren't going out there and getting uh, artificially inseminated and then aborting the child. Um, but at the same time, you know, what is, what, how do we approach that with sensitivity and with understanding? How do we approach the topic of, um, premarital sex? 
uh, sex outside of wedlock. Um, and how do we approach that with sensitivity and love and with understanding? How do we do that? These are all questions that we need to understand, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on those things. But uh, again, we need to talk about and we need to look at this law and we need to understand what does it really mean? Well, what it really means is for years we have been told that, you know, it, the child deserves to be aborted or can be aborted as long as it's not viable outside the womb. Well, after 24 weeks, the child is viable. The child can live outside the womb. So what we're talking about is we're talking about the legalization of infanticide. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about killing an unborn child in the womb. Um, now, we can, we can make the argument that um, all the way to conception that that's what you're doing. And I, and I agree with that. But right now, let's focus on the real crux of the issue here, which is New York just signed a law that allows women. And, and they say that it's, it's, certain, it, it's certain situations, right? Um, they say that it is only in cases of whether or not the child is dead inside the womb, whether or not the child, uh, whether the health of the mother, um, all of those things, okay? Um, as to why a child should be aborted. Well, those issues were already protected to begin with. Um, and if the child's already dead inside the mother, most of the times they have procedures that they can take care of that. Um, or if the child won't survive, um, usually they have a procedure for that as well. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the last one where it talks about the health of the mother. It doesn't accurately define the term health. What does that mean? What, how do we define the health of the mother? Is it the mental health of the mother? Is it the physical health of the mother? How do we define health in this situation? That is what we're looking at. And that right there is what's scary about this law. And that is why this law should not be allowed. This law should be challenged. This law, someone should sue the city, or the, not the city, but the state of New York. Because, again, this is legalizing the murder of untold number of, numbers of children. And it is murder. It is murder. Even based on the arguments of the past of viability of the child, that child is viable. That child can feel the pain. That child can express that pain. That child can fight or try to fight for its life in utero. We have video of that. We have examples of that. Um, many pro-life who use pro-life advocates who used to work for um planned parenthood have talked about that so again this is this is not something that should be celebrated and yet what did we see we saw democrats in the state house in the state senate of new york celebrating this bill celebrating the death of children celebrating the murder of children and why? Because a woman has a right to do with her body? No, 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 no. That's not what it was. Because that's not it. That's not the decision. It's not a woman having the right to do whatever she wants with her body. That's not it. It's all about the bottom line. See, 
socialists and progressives equate human beings by what they can produce to society. Cass Sunstein and another author, while they were working at Harvard, Cass Sunstein was the regulatory czar under Obama, wrote an article talking about that children should, you should not provide medical uh, assistance to anyone younger than the age of 16 and anyone older than the age of 65. And the reason why is because those children and those adults no longer contribute to society. They are a drain on society. Isn't it interesting that the materialist worldview, this idea that there is no God, that this idea that, that we're, we're all just $9 or plus uh, in chemicals and in material as human beings, that all we are is just a clump of cells to these people. And so therefore, we can be easily relegated to what do we contribute to society? This flies in the face of enlightenment thinking about the worth of the individual. Okay, this flies in the face of hundreds of years of philosophy that talks about that human beings are worth something. So much so that they have natural rights. Okay, that's what we were talking about in our founding documents. Okay, when this country was founded, number one thing that that Jefferson wrote, this was, this, was the, this was the radical idea that Jefferson wrote. This is the radical idea that the United States was built on. No other country has been built on this idea since. This is the radical idea that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Endowed by their creator. Big C creator. God. That they're endowed by God with certain unalienable rights. That means they can't be taken away from you. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, people may argue, well, see, pursuit of happiness is there, so therefore it trumps life. No, it doesn't. Life was listed first. It's, prim it's, it's primacy. It has primacy in the statement. Life. You have the right to life. Now, I've heard people like Michael Medved say that... Uh, the, that there's no protection for the unborn in the Constitution, that the Constitution does not allow for the protection. Well, actually, Mr. Medved, and I know that you went to Yale Law School, and that's wonderful. I appreciate that. And you've been a wonderful, um, you've been a wonderful advocate for the causes of conservatism. But I think you're wrong on this. And I've heard, I've heard many conservative talk show hosts on radio talk about this, and I think they're wrong. I do believe that life was codified, the protection of life was codified in the Constitution, and I think it's found in the Fifth Amendment. We all know the Fifth Amendment. We all know that the Fifth Amendment is a, um, an amendment that protects us from having to testify against ourselves. We plead the Fifth, right? We all know that. Okay, so then what does it mean? Well, if we, if we read the Fifth Amendment, we see, again, we see the context here, that no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment of indictment of a grand jury. Okay, well, we, we heard about that with Roger Stone this week. Except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when an actual service in the time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense 
to be twice put in jeopardy. There's double jeopardy right there. You can't be charged with the same crime twice of life or limb. Okay, so there we go. The, you, life, there's a protection of life right there. But it goes on. That's not that's not unborn life. That's the protection of people, right? Nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. Okay, there's your plead the fifth. Okay, nor be deprived, comma, right before, right before uh, action against himself, nor be deprived of life, comma, there's a pause, liberty, comma, or property, comma, without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Okay, nor be deprived of life. This is not an application. In my opinion, this can be broadly applied to any human being, whether in utero or out of utero. So in other words, if you want to take, and pardon that, that crumble there, but if you want to take a human being's life, you got to go to court. Yes, these are dealing with capital offenses. These are dealing with crimes. But you still have to go to court. You want to take... What, what is the crime of the child? What, what crime did the child commit? There isn't any. So, essentially, what this bill is doing is it's depriving an unborn child, a child who could survive outside of, uter outside of the uterus, life. And that is a violation of its constitutional rights. Yes, the Constitution protects the child in the womb. And I disagree with any legal scholar who says that. I'm sorry. A plain text reading tells me that life is protected under the Fifth Amendment. I don't care what the Supreme Court has said. The Supreme Court has gotten the, the issue on life wrong countless number of times. Okay, The Supreme Court is the same court that said a slave was property. The Supreme Court is the same court that ruled in Roe that a mother's right to choose was constitutionally protected, yet there is no right to an abortion in the Constitution. There is nothing there. The Supreme Court gets this wrong time and time and time again. So again, what are we looking at? We are looking at the codification of the protection of life in the Constitution. This is why we hear so many times from the, pro from the progressives that the Constitution is this out-of-date that it's, it's, it needs to be rewritten, that it's out of date. It's an archaic, antiquated document. And yet at the same time, out of the other side of their mouth, they'll say it's a living, breathing document, and they want the courts to rule on it, and they claim things unconstitutional. Judicial review was never intended to be abused in such a way. Now, it's interesting to me that we have this protection of life, that life can't be taken away from due process, but yet we have Governor Cuomo of New York who says that the death penalty is immoral and the death penalty should not be allowed in the state of New York. But if you are a child in utero, well, you know, you can be killed without due process. Hmm. That's interesting. It's very interesting to me. It really is. It's, it's interesting to me that the duality, the duplicity of these people. And we can talk about the death penalty and, the, and, and how uh, you can be pro-death penalty and pro-life at the same time. But 
Right now we're talking about abortion. We're talking about children being killed. We're talking about young babies being murdered in their mother's wombs. We're talking about desperate young women who don't know what they're going to do, making desperate decisions and being taken advantage of by a society who tells them it's okay, it's all right, murder that child. And if the, and I'll tell you right now, if the church doesn't have an answer for this, if the church doesn't rise up in New York and start creating crisis pregnancy centers and places where girls can come and get all the help that they need from the time that they're pregnant and then still, still help take care of that child after that child's born, then the church is not being the church. And woe to us as a church and as a country if we don't act like the church. Period. End of discussion. Guys, this is a serious issue, and that's why I'm being serious in this podcast today. I'm not trying to be funny. I literally weep for the state of New York, and I weep for the condition of this country. I am saddened by the things that I hear. And many of you probably listening to this podcast probably hear my children playing in the background. Because, because I, do this, I do this podcast from my home. I do this podcast from the dinner table at my home. Why do I do that? Because this is a dinner table conversation. These are the kinds of conversations we need to be having around the dinner table. These are the kinds of conversations we need to be having with our kids. We need to be telling our kids that life is important. We need to be showing our kids that life was protected, that the Enlightenment thinkers that founded this country, that, in, that inspired the founders of this country, Okay, that they held life to be sacrosanct. Guys, this is important. We will be judged as a nation by how we treat the defenseless, how we treat the fatherless, how we treat the orphans, how we treat the widows. We will be judged as a nation. Now, does that come scarily close to sounding like someone who's advocating for the government to, to take care of these people? No, I'm not. I think we can do it better. I think as individuals on the local level, we can do it better, but we have to do it. We have to get out there. We have to start being Jesus with skin on us, as my pastor says. We have to get out there. We have to get out, we have to get off our blessed assurances and we have to go be the church. We got to get outside the four walls. We have a society that is growing more and more secular every day. Why? Because the church is sitting on their blessed assurance inside the four walls of the church and complaining about the world outside instead of going and being light and salt to a dying world. We have to be light and salt. And if you're worried about being ridiculed, if you're worried about people making fun of you, if you're worried about arguing, then read the Word of God and study apologetics. Learn how to defend your faith. The Bible says, be ever ready to, be, to give a reason for the joy that lives within you. And that's another thing. We've got to go out there and we've got to live a joyful life in front of a world that finds no joy. How do I know that this world is finding no joy? Well, the further away you get from God, the further away you get from the source of joy. And how do we know that? Look at the number of suicides. This is the first time in American history that our population has decreased. Why? Because of suicide. 
because of the opioid crisis. People are going out there and they're looking for that opiate to soothe their soul. Marx might have been right. Marx might have been right that religion is the opiate of the masses. Because guess what? When they don't have religion, when they don't have God, they go looking to fill that God-sized hole with whatever works. They do it and, and, it's, and it doesn't fill them up. And then you know what happens? They commit suicide or they OD. Guys, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a country with a God-sized hole in its heart. We have to be the church. We have to get outside the four walls. We have to love on people. Jesus told us to love our enemies. What are we doing out there raising up signs that say God hates gays and God hates fags? And, and what are we doing? What are we doing by tolerating that as a church? What are we doing attacking each other? What are we doing? We need to unite. We need to be arms in arms. We need to go help People, there should be a there should be a Christian treatment center in every city. It should be bigger than any government treatment center anywhere. There should be Christian-run hospitals in every city, offering free health care. There should be Christian food pantries that are bigger than the county food pantries in every city. There should be Christian homeless shelters in every city. In every town, in every village, everywhere. Churches shouldn't lock their doors. We should be ready to receive the hurting at any point in time. If you've got a gym connected to your church, you should have army cots ready to have homeless people sleep in your gym. I had a young lady in my class today, or this week. I had no idea that she had been homeless. No idea. She's an incredible student, an incredible young lady, had no idea that she had been homeless. She lived in Oklahoma. She moved down to Texas. She was homeless in Oklahoma. She lived in a small town. And you know what she told me? She couldn't find a place to live. She couldn't find a place to stay. She had to sleep. Her and her mother had to sleep in their car. And yet there was a church on every block of that town. That is an indictment on our, on our religion. That is an indictment. And there's my children laughing and playing right there. They're the joy of my life. And, but guys, that's the thing that people need to understand. That there's hope and there's, there's hope for tomorrow. The hope is found in Jesus Christ. The hope is found in God. And as long as we have him and as long as we can hold on to him, then we have it. But as long as the church stays in its four walls, as long as we sit on our blessed assurances... As long as we condemn the rest of the world and we are not light and salt and the love of Christ to our neighbors and to our enemies. And if we don't live with joy in our life and we are not showing the joy of Christ, then guess what? This, this world and this country that was once a, a strongly Christian country, this country will continue to have a God-sized hole. And it, that hole will only get bigger. And the problems and the evils that we see in this world will only get stronger. And children will begin to be offered up to Baal and be offered up to sacrifices to our idols. Unborn children. And trust me, that is not a wrath I want to face. That is not a wrath 
that I want to see in this country again. So it's something we got we to gotta figure out, guys. It's something we got to do. Because guess what? We have, we, we have an amazing country. We have this amazing place. And Americans are amazing. Just look at how America had responded just to a temporary shutdown of the government. That went a little too long. Our companies started opening up free food places. I hope Kraft keeps that free health, that free um, food bank in Washington, D.C. I hope they keep it open and I hope they open it up to the poor. I don't, I hope they don't shut it down. But yes, Kraft, Kraft, the company that, the cheese, right? The cheese company and, and all of that. They opened up a free food pantry for government workers who were being furloughed. I hope they keep it permanent. I really do. I hope they found so much joy in giving to people who needed help. And there's my daughter. There's my daughter, guys. I hope they, I hope they keep all of that. Well, anyways, it looks like we're getting close to wrapping up. Guys, pray for this country. Pray for me. Pray for my family. Um, I, I hope that this podcast uh, grows. Uh, I really hope you guys go out there and you share this with your friends. Um, I'm hoping that it's providing some level of entertainment. I hope you're getting something out of it. I'm, I'm going to try to make it better every time I do it. Uh, again, I'm new to this. But I really appreciate the people that are out there. I really appreciate the people that are out there listening. Uh, you guys encourage me considerably. And uh, keep it up. Share the heck out of this. All right. Well, again, you guys are awesome. God bless. And God bless America.